Chapter 19 of Grace Harlowe's Junior Year at High School by Jessie Graham Flower. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Christine Blashford. Chapter 19 The Tryout. Will the young lady on the extreme right please come forward, said Mr. Southard pleasantly, indicating Marion Barber, who rather timidly obeyed, taking the book he held out to her. At his request, she began to read from Orlando's entrance in the first scene of the fourth act. She faltered a little on the first two lines, but shortly regained her courage and read on in her best manner. When she had read about a dozen lines, he motioned for her to cease reading, said something to Miss Tebbs, who made an entry on her pad, and beckoned to the girl next to Marion to come forward. Straight down the line he went, sometimes stopping a girl at her third or fourth line, rarely allowing them to read further than the eleventh or twelfth. Nora was the second Phi Sigma Tau to undergo the ordeal. As she briskly delivered the opening lines, the actor stopped her. Taking the book from her, he turned to the part where Touchstone, quaintly humorous, holds forth upon the lie seven times removed. Read this, he said briefly, holding out the book to Nora. Nora began and read glibly on, unconsciously emphasising as she did so. Down one page she read and halfway through the next before Mr. Southard seemed satisfied. Then he again held conversation with Miss Tebbs, who nodded and looked smilingly toward Nora, who stood scowling faintly, rather ill-pleased at attracting so much attention. "'It looks as though Nora had made an impression, doesn't it?' whispered Jessica to Grace, who was about to reply when Mr. Southard motioned to her. Grace, who knew this scene by heart, went fearlessly forward and read the lines with splendid emphasis. Marion and Eva Allen followed her and acquitted themselves with credit. Then Eleanor's turn came.' Handing her coat, which she had taken off and carried upon her arm, to Edna Wright, she walked proudly over, then, without a trace of self-consciousness, began the reading of the designated lines. Her voice sounded unusually clear and sweet, yet lacked something of the power of expression displayed by Grace in her rendering of the same scene. When she had finished, she handed the book back with an air of studied indifference she was far from feeling. She had decided in her own mind that Rosalind was the part best suited to her, and felt that the honour now lay between herself and Grace. No other girls, with the exception of Nora, had been allowed to read as much of any scene as they two had been requested to read. But Eleanor had reckoned without her host, for there was one girl who had not as yet come to the front. The girl was Anne Pearson, who in some mysterious manner had been all but overlooked, until Miss Tebbs spied her standing between Grace and Nora. "'Can you spare us a moment more, Mr. Southard?' said Miss Tebbs to the actor, who was preparing to leave. "'You have almost missed hearing one of my best girls. Come here, Anne, and prove the truth of my words.' Grace drew a long breath of relief. She had eagerly awaited Anne's turn, and was about to call Miss Tebbs's attention to Anne, just as the teacher had observed her. As most of the girls present had heard Anne recite, there was a great craning of necks, and a faint murmur of expectancy as she took her place.' They expected her to live up to her reputation, and she had scarcely delivered the opening line before they realised that she would not disappoint them. Her musical voice vibrated with expression, and the mock-serious bantering tones in which she delivered Rosalind's witty speeches caused Mr. Southard to smile and nod approvingly, as she gave full value to the immortal lines. Her change of voice from Rosalind to Orlando was wholly delightful, and so charmingly did she depict both characters, that when she ended with Orlando's exit, she received a little ovation from the listening girls, in which Mr. Southard and Miss Tebbs joined. "'She's won! She's won! I'm so glad!' Grace said softly to Nora and Jessica. "'I wanted her to play Rosalind, and I knew she could do it. Look, girls, Mr. Southard is shaking hands with her.' True enough, Anne was shyly shaking hands with the great actor, who was congratulating her warmly upon her recent effort. "'I have never before heard an amateur read those lines as well as you have today, Miss Pearson,' he said. 
I am sure Rosalind will be safe with you, for few professional women could have done better. If I am anywhere near here when your play is enacted, I shall make a point to come and see it. Shaking hands warmly with Miss Tebbs and bowing to the admiring girls, Mr. Southard hurriedly departed, leaving his audience devoured with curiosity as to the chosen ones. Anne stood perfectly still, looking rather dazed. The unexpected had happened. She was to have not only a part, but the best part at that. The girls gathered eagerly about her, congratulating her on her success, but she was too overcome to thank them, and smiled at them through a mist of tears. "'Look at Eleanor,' whispered Nora to Grace. "'She's so angry she can't see straight. She must have wanted to play Rosalind herself. I told you she'd sulk if she couldn't be the leading lady.' Grace glanced over toward Eleanor, who stood biting her lip, her hands clenched and her face set in angry lines. "'She looks like the Vendetta or the Camorra or some other Italian vengeance agency, doesn't she?' said Nora with a giggle. Grace laughed in spite of herself at Nora's remark, but regretted it the next moment, for Eleanor saw the glances directed toward her and heard Nora's giggle. She turned white and half started toward Grace, then stopped, and turning her back upon the Phi Sigma Tau, began talking to Edna Wright. Just then, Miss Tibbs, who had been busy with her list, announced that she would now name the cast, and all conversation ceased as by magic. Miriam Nesbitt was entrusted with the Duke, while Marion Barber was to play Frederick, his brother. Jessica was in raptures over Phoebe, while Nora had captured Touchstone, Eva Allen Audrey, and to her great delight, Grace was told that she was to play Orlando, with Eleanor as Celia. The other parts were assigned among the sophomores and freshmen who had made the best showing, Mabel Allison getting the part of Jacques. You will report for rehearsal next Tuesday afternoon after school, when typewritten copies of your parts will be handed you, said Miss Tebbs, as she was about to leave the room. The moment Miss Tebbs ceased talking, the girls began, as they gathered in little groups around the lucky ones, and gave vent to their feelings with many exclamations of approval and congratulation. Several girls approached Eleanor, but she fairly ran from them and hurried out of the gymnasium after Miss Tebbs, with Edna Wright and Daisy Culver at her heels. "'There goes Eleanor after Miss Tebbs,' observed Marion Barber. "'What do you suppose she's up to now?' "'Oh, never mind her,' said Nora impatiently. "'You'll see enough of her during rehearsal. "'It will be so pleasant to rehearse with her, "'considering that she isn't on speaking terms with any of us.' "'Had the girl chums known then what Eleanor was up to, "'it would have been a matter of surprise and indignation to all of them. "'After imperiously commanding her satellites to wait for her in the corridor, "'Eleanor overtook Miss Tebbs just outside Miss Thompson's office.' "'I want to speak to you, Miss Tebbs,' said Eleanor, as the teacher paused, her hand on the doorknob. "'Well, what can I do for you, Miss Savell?' "'I want to speak to you about the play. I wish to play Rosalind,' said Eleanor, with calm assurance. "'But, my dear child, Anne Pearson is to play Rosalind,' replied Miss Tebbs. "'Mr. Southard particularly commended her work. Did you not hear what he said?' "'Oh, yes, I heard him complimenting her,' replied Eleanor complacently. "'But I feel sure that I can do more with it than she can. I did not do my best work to-day.' "'Besides, Miss Pearson is too short. "'I am certain of making a better appearance.' "'What you say about appearance is quite true, Miss Savell,' "'replied Miss Tebbs frankly. "'Beyond a doubt she would make a beautiful Rosalind, "'but I am convinced that no other girl can enact the part "'with the spirit and dash that Miss Pearson can. "'Your part of Celia is very well suited to you, "'and you can win plenty of applause playing it. "'You must understand, however, that once having given out a part, "'I should not attempt to take it from the girl I had given it to, "'simply because some other girl desired it.' That would be both unfair and unjust. The only thing I could promise you would be to allow you to understudy Rosalind, in case anything happened to Miss Pearson. Would you care to understudy the part? Eleanor was silent for a moment. Miss Tebbs, looking a trifle impatient, stood awaiting her reply. I should like to do that, Eleanor said slowly, a curious light in her eyes. Thank you very much, Miss Tebbs. 
"'You are welcome,' replied the teacher. "'Be sure and be prompt at rehearsal next Tuesday.' As Miss Tebbs entered the office, Eleanor turned and walked slowly down the corridor. "'So Miss Tebbs thinks I ought to be satisfied with Celia,' she muttered. "'Very well. I'll rehearse Celia, but I'll understudy Rosalind, and it will be very strange if something doesn't happen to Miss Pearson.'" End of chapter 19